Uh, you should come over, Joe. I got a bunch left because <laughs> I made like oh. a t- <laughs> I made so much. You want to come over yeah. for breakfast tomorrow? Uh, maybe. You eat. You don't eat chicken, though. I don't. I eat uh, pre-chickens. <laughs> okay. So if I pull out the chicken chunks, you'll love it, right? <laughs> Gonna probably pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's such a nice offer. I'll, I, I, I'll pull out the I, chicken I chunks. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. But like, let's 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 uh, let the marketing department uh, work on, you know. Thing, yeah, the Frank's chicken chunks is like not. <laughs> immediately Just made it unpalatable. Salivating immediately. With the, uh... Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 432, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss what to expect for the rest of the season for the Pacers. Uh, plus, we're going to have a start of the week and we're going to answer an undegoogleable. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? A couple quick uh, birthday shout-outs. First, my brother-in-law, Doug, had a birthday last weekend. And my nephew, Levi, turns one today wow, when this nice. comes out. So, happy birthday. Happy birthday. We also did just miss uh, this past Sunday was Al, Al Harrington's birthday. No, our old intern. Yeah, send <laughs> <laughs> uh, card. We get to do shots, right? Is that what that is? Uh, <laughs> not everything <laughs> is an excuse for shots, John. <laughs> Nephew turned one. Shots. <laughs> <laughs> From Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, he's our in-house bartender. <laughs> Mix up the drinks and the shots and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, quick shout-out to superfan Mike Morrow. It is his birthday uh, actually tomorrow, I believe, when this comes out. Shout and out. Uh, also, it's Thirsty Thursday, so uh, just find a reason to take a shot. I thought you were going to say shoot up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about responsibility here. Good, good, good. It's really embracing that writer lifestyle, you know. (laughs) No shooting up. (laughs) From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? I I don't have any birthdays. (laughs) I can shout out Nico. Nico had a birthday recently. Shout Shout out. out Shout out. Shout out, Nico. 
Before we get into the show, we'd like to let you know you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon. Any shopping you do will kick a small percentage of your sale back to us, and it helps support what we do. So, gentlemen, the All-Star break has concluded. The last third of the season is coming up. Uh, Colson, we want to get to the top half of the uh, of the East. We want the home court advantage. Uh, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, what do we got to do? For the rest of the season, what are we looking for? Uh, you know, until April. Um, you know, what are we trying to do? Get, what are our goals to get done before the playoffs start? Well, um, this this stretch right before the All Star break uh, really hurt us, right? I mean, we know we've discussed uh, ad nauseum uh, why it happened. We're trying to reintegrate. Uh, Victor Oladipo, which creates a ton of chemistry issues. The guys were playing really well on the floor together. Um, and all these guys like each other. This isn't an issue where, um, you know, there's chemistry uh, issues in the sense that they don't like each other. It's the fact that these guys haven't played on the floor together. We lost uh, six out of our last seven games, which were uh, six of those were at home. And I expected us to win. My um, prediction at the beginning of the season, before we, we played a single game, I predicted that we'd be 31-24 and 24 at the All-Star break. Um, we're actually 32-23, and 23, so that's, that's above what I predicted. Um, I also predicted us to win 49 games, um, which would have us going 18-9 and nine to finish. Um, or, in reality... Um, with the, the wins that we have now, just 17 and 10 going down the stretch. Um, so that gives us 49 wins. And I was looking at the other teams in the East, and if that's the case, then we're still going to be in the sixth seed. And so I went ahead and looked at everybody else's above us, their records, and tried to put out a, a scenario where maybe the, they wouldn't win all the games they should, and maybe the Pacers won all the head-to-head matchups and uh, see where that would put us and see if we could figure out how to get to home court advantage still um, in the back half of the season. So um, Milwaukee is running away with this thing. I didn't bother with them. Um, Toronto, I went ahead and did the math, and they're unreachable. Boston right now is six games ahead of us in the East, and that is a lot of ground to make up with 27 games. Um, But I went ahead and gave them sort of a worst-case scenario without major injuries, but like just them losing the games maybe they should, and I was able to put them at 17 and 11 going down the stretch. That would put them with 55 wins. Okay. Um, I did the same with Miami and Philly. Um, I was able to put Miami... Uh, at 17 and 11, and Philly at 17 and 10, um, which would put Miami at 52 wins and Philly at 51. Now, it's possible that with the Andre Iguodala trade and trying to bring in new players, um, you know, new issues in the locker room, that maybe it gets a little bit worse, but I couldn't really figure out how to make it much worse for them. Um, 
Philly, uh, in their last game before the All-Star break, put Al, For- Al Horford on the bench um, and went ahead and beat the Clippers with that. Um, and it looks like maybe they've hit upon something where they're going to start being more successful um, because, you know, maybe the Al Horford, um, Joel Embiid front court hasn't been working for them as well as it should or as well as they'd hoped. Um, so if he's coming off the bench, um, maybe they win more than that. I assume they'll win more than that. But but I, I put a, uh, you know, 17 and 10 down for them. Now, if that's the case, <laughs> um, if we can say that these are worst-case scenarios for Miami and Philly, and I'm pretty sure that Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee are uncatchable, um, that means the Pacers have to go 20 and 7 just to tie Miami. Uh, also winning all those head-to-head matchups against all of these teams, Boston, Miami, and Philly, uh, to make this happen. Um, so it is within range. It is possible. Uh, but I want to talk about with you guys whether you think that's that important and if it is that important, if there is a way to go 20-7, and seven, which is asking a lot of any team, that would be an incredible record. Um what does that look like and 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 do you think it's possible well yeah i mean anything is possible right you know the pacers clearly have not been playing their best ball of late and so any improvement on that it's going to be an improvement on our uh, record overall but i i think that the focus for the team should not necessarily be standings watching quite yet i think that there's a lot of work to be done on the floor just getting uh, everybody comfortable in crunch time minutes and executing and implementing whatever crazy defenses we're trying to implement and whatnot. <clears throat> uh, looking at the schedule going forward, you know, it's there are tough stretches um, mm-hmm. in the last two months here, but it's not as if it's insane. Um, there, you know, we have a five game. Uh, West Coast swing left. Um, actually, it's not even very West Coasty. So it's uh, at Cleveland, at San Antonio, at Milwaukee, at Chicago, at Dallas, which is kind of a weird, <coughs> uh, excuse me, road swing. But you know, many of those games are winnable. You know, you look at that stretch, and maybe Milwaukee's the only one that's a cross off. Uh, as you mentioned, we have several key games against these people that are ahead of us. So winning those matchups is is crucial the toughest of those stretches is uh in april we have a back-to-back where we go at miami and at boston uh two nights in a row and then the last little tough stretch is uh, a short three-game west coast road swing where we do sacramento uh, the clippers and the lakers so that's going to be brutal yeah. um I mean, just you saying that, I'm trying to figure out how, um, you know, we don't we don't have at least seven losses in that bunch, right? So it's like you go on that five-gate road trip, if you go with three and two, you feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, after that is a Boston at Philly back-to-back. Um, and then, as you mentioned, that, that... That's not back-to-back. There's a three-day gap. Oh, there's three games. games. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a three-game. Okay, so we go Boston and then add Philly. You're right. It's not back-to-back. Um, so there's time to prepare for that one. Um, and then and then we have the uh, Sacramento, L.A., L.A., 
Um, you know, gosh, you want to go two and one in that, but that's a tall task. Um, you know, so we're already we're looking at maybe you know we're already four or five losses before we go to this home stretch, and we still have to do an at Miami, at Boston, back to back. So, um, you know, it's going to we're going to have to start playing better basketball <laughs> to make yeah. this happen. I mean, that's that's yeah, the only that's thing. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, we can try and model out all the vicissitudes of 30 games in the NBA, um, but we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what other teams are going to have injuries down the stretch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we just there's so much there's so many things that can happen in that many basketball games. I mean, for the purposes of the Pacers, the only question that you really need to ask yourself is, um, you know, do you believe that this team, as constructed? With Victor Oladipo getting better every game, are they good enough to go? You know, are they good enough to to win every game that they step onto the court for? Right, and you know, we can certainly win a lot of games, right? And if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, once we get Vic back, you know, am I confident that we're going to have a really good stretch run? My answer would be yes. And I haven't, you know, we've we had a bad run here, but ultimately, I believe that we're going to right the ship and we're going to have a really good stretch run. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and the, you know. I think I mentioned last week, you know, you don't play the season hoping to play your best basketball in mid-February. You want to be playing your best basketball in mid-April. And, you know, that's what this team is planning to do and hopefully um, positioned to do. And if you're playing your best basketball in going into the playoffs uh, and you have everybody healthy, um, those are two key things that lead to success um, you know, having home court advantage would be nice, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I don't think that it makes it an impossibility to beat, um, you know, one of these teams ahead of us. Like, you know, you said Toronto and Boston are uncatchable, um, and I think those teams are probably better than the Pacers. But I don't think that means that they they're unbeatable um, by the Pacers right. necessarily in a, in a seven game series and the really good news is we're pretty well locked into the sixth seed right so you can take milwaukee and whoever finishes at number two off the board for us right so right that's very good news it means we can play with a little bit of freedom out there right i mean if mm. we have to go on the road against a three seed i mean it's not like we're going on the road against milwaukee in the first round so right, right. exactly yeah yeah because we're not going to so i think we have a six game lead on the uh, seventh seed right now like and i just said that six uh, spots are really hard to uh, recover from. Uh, that's why we're probably not going to catch Boston. So we're probably not going to slip down to seven or eight, even if we completely collapse. I mean, we're uh, so. I mean, I think we're our basement is the sixth seed, and, and you're right. That gives us a little bit of freedom uh, in that sense. Um, you know, for me, I was really heartened by uh, Victor Oladipo's last game. Uh, before the All-Star break. I thought he played within himself and played within the offense, um, played good defense. And I'm interested to see the maturation of that. You know, I mean, if he can continue to do that um, and have that grow slowly as everybody gets comfortable with each other, um, you know, he's such a weapon as sort of your third usage guy. (laughs) You know, it's unbelievable. Um, And so um, that would be a really nice thing uh, on this team going down the stretch. And, and, and you know, maybe that usage increases, but um, if, if, if that's just where he stays for this season, um, 
you know, and and Brogdon and uh, Warner and Sabonis are still doing more or whatever. Um, and he can come in and be efficient, um, a good defender, uh, explosive, and a good passer. Um, th- there's not anybody there. There aren't a lot of teams in the league that can have a basically a former All Star um, as their fourth best player. You know, um, so that could bode well for the team. True. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that the the problem that the Pacers need to solve is um, still how to execute and and who um, is the go to guy in the last five minutes of the ball game. Well, that and will it be, may be a, a situation. Be a yeah. yeah, exactly. And but that's important to figure out because that's playoff basketball, right? Um, these games aren't going to be uh, blowouts one way or the other right so um figuring out how to play well and finding our bread and butter plays like what is the you know prior to Vic's return you know uh the bread and butter play was give the ball put the ball in brogdon's hands set a screen with Sabonis, and go to work see what happens right and that i think is still an excellent option a or one you know a one a or one b i guess and if Vic can, you know, similarly figure out his pick and roll with uh, Sabonis or just his ability to beat guys one-on-one, um, you know, I think we'll be in good shape. The The nice thing, hopefully, you know, last year we, we got swept in the playoffs by Boston, right? And the year before, was it the year before? Or the, was that a seven-game series that? against uh, Cleveland, Cleveland right? Before, yeah. Yeah. Eventually um, went on to the championship, right? And in both of those series, we had problems because the defense in the last five minutes basically trapped and got the ball out of Oladipo's hands, and then we didn't have a plan. Right now, the Pacers I think are in a great position to counteract that approach from other teams because we have another excellent decision maker and ball handler in Brogdon, and a guy that has you know proving himself to be an assassin over the first, you know, 50 plus games of the season or whatever in making buckets down the stretch. So I would love to see us get in more of these games that are close down the stretch and find successes in those situations, you know, basically reverse what is the trend that we saw going into the break, um, which is this team just falls apart down the stretch. (laughs) Right. I think the the other point of emphasis, you know, it, it's too late to hope that this team becomes some dominant rebounding team. That that ain't in the cards for us. Hmm. Um, but if we don't get some better consistency on the glass, we're, yep. we're going to continue to win games that we would otherwise – or continue to lose games we would otherwise not. You know, when you're holding teams to 40 41% shooting and you're dropping, <laughs> you know, it, it's – it's tough, right? We got yeah. we got to do a better job of limiting possession. If you're going to get out rebound at twenty by you, you know a game, you're gonna you're gonna lose a playoff series. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so Herbert, you know, last show we talked about uh, this sort of implementing of switching, and I'm wondering, I, I you know, I feel like T.J. Warren has been uh, an above average or more than we thought he could be wing defender. I think we all look at Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo and say these are exceptional, um, you know, guard defenders. Um, are we switching because um, 
our bigs are having trouble recovering in Sabonis and, and Miles Turner. Uh, the Pacers historically have not really been a switching team. Is this something we're just trying to put in our in our trick bag, or is this something that we need to do because we have a fundamental problem with our wing defense, or or maybe our our bigs not able to to guard uh, you know three point shooting bigs on the other side and pulling them out of position too. I mean, I, th- I think that it's column A, column B, and then column C is you know we would like to have them in the low post and not get pulled away from the rim where they can't rip down boards, which. We're having trouble doing anyway. At, exactly. So, uh, I mean, you can look around the league and, you know, uh, Golden State played phenomenal defense, right, by integrating lots of switching and, and playing tough out there on the perimeter. And, you know, that is something that I, I could understand teams wanting to emulate. So, you know, put it in the trick bag, see how it works for you for sure, right? I mean, the more tools that you have come time um, – you know, the, the the more success you can potentially have if you combine it with you know good scouting against teams are the best player. Yeah, I just I just feel like, I mean, since Dan Burke's been here, we've just been a pretty much fundamental man on man defense. Like I'm sure we I definitely definitely throw wrinkles and stuff, and uh, but I've just not I've not seen as much switching as I have in the last. You know, a couple of weeks, and I'm and it, it for me, it doesn't seem like it's working at all. I feel like we're getting burned on the perimeter as opposed to, you know, doing the stuff that we used to do, which is sort of that, you know, the the flare uh, on the pick and sticking with our man. I mean, offensively, we're feasting on teams that are switching. You know, uh, our guards are taking bigs off the dribble, our bigs are taking guys down low, and now suddenly we're a victim of it. And I thought, you know, one of the things that I appreciated about a Danbrook defenses we never did that stuff i'm just having trouble figuring out why we're doing it it's just panic we're just panicking why <laughs> is that is that what you want to hear i don't know i mean I, I, is is that what's going on no. like are, do we just don't have we don't have the personnel to do what we've been doing for the last 20 some plus years no i think it might be the word i think it might be the reverse that we have a, a, a bevy of versatile defenders and you know it, Switching the advantage of switching is that you give up less space, right? Is the idea. So when when teams run a pick and roll, um, if you have to fight over the screen or under the screen, you inevitably give up space, right? Mm-hmm. And in today's NBA, um, guys hit those shots. windows of space. Is right. yeah, even though we you force that that pick out high, um, the ability of people to shoot from from deep um, and the willingness of people to shoot from deep makes them a bigger threat. And so if you switch that action, you sort of take away um, or in theory, take away that uh, more open three-pointer and force them to drive to the basket. And at a minimum, now they're getting two points instead of three. You know, I mean, or you uh, you know, force uh or try to make them exploit a matchup and you know if they're only successful at it 40 to 50 percent of the time then you win at some level um i mean so strategically it it makes sense i mean like you said you know other teams use it and are successful with it and there's a reason for it right like teams in the nba don't do things willy-nilly right there's a strategy and they they look at the numbers Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think that it's 
I'm not, I have no problem with us trying it. And I think that, you know, the fact that TJ Warren is a much more capable defender than we thought. And, you know, with guys like, um, Justin holiday, who's very flexible defensively and Brogdon who can defend above his position. Um, I think in a lot of ways it makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think it's, it is a new thing. So it's something that, you know, guys have got to get used to, especially because it probably changes the way that rotations happen away from the action. You know what I mean? And I think that that has caused some confusion, uh, and led to defensive breakdowns, but well then, uh, can we just not do it in the last two minutes of games until we get good at it? Because <laughs> we're losing these these games down the stretch. A lot of these things I've seen with switching. So maybe maybe we could just get better at it before we do it down the stretch. <laughs> our our woes down the stretch can be traced back to any number of things. So. That's true. That's right. Also yeah. the rebounding, also the shooting. Yeah, all those things. You're right. Turnovers. The inability to take Turnovers. care of the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of these things. So. Yeah. But I think that you know, as I think I mentioned in the the Monday show. The real efficacy of of changing the way in which you defend these actions, like throwing a zone or switching or not switching, is you force the defense to think, right? You throw them something that they're not expecting. And that even if you force them to, excuse me, pause for a half a beat, it can throw off the rhythm of an entire set, force them into a breakdown situation, you know, all kinds of things. There's all kinds of benefits to to doing it but you're right i mean you have to execute right you can't you can't uh implement a defensive scheme and then just not keep the guy in front of you right or lose track of your guy on the on the weak side and and give up a wide open three like those things are are not you know good nba teams are going to exploit that no problem so but i have faith in given given the the history of dan burke and his ability to um get his teams to play good defense i have no doubt that by t- next week probably we will <laughs> be doing this with like uh to perfection almost yeah joey do you feel better i do you, do you just want somebody to rebound a little bit more what do you, what, do you, what do you want out of this uh rebounding would be good you know that's it's been a, a big issue. You know we we are losing games that we outshoot teams in. Uh, we had done that with uh, some regularity, which is uh, you know disconcerting. Um, you said bring tomorrow. Lance back. I think is what you said. I did say bring Lance back. Yeah. Um, I think he's uh, he's open right now. <laughs> he's available. It's a, but no, you just you just want uh, all the guy all the guards. I mean, you know, again, Miles Turner's been getting a, a ton of flack for this, but like, you just want everybody on the team to like just go fight for it, right? Just go attack the basketball. You, a lot of these three pointers are long rebounds. Like, just go get the freaking basketball. Um, I could feel I was I was at the Nets game. And you could feel the energy just run out of that room. Every time there was a long rebound and the team got the offensive rebound, that happened again. And there'd be yeah, there'd yeah. be three or four offensive rebounds in a row from the Nets, and the crowd just faded out of it. They were just exhausted by the whole thing. Like you got to go get a board. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's like the 
that's probably the thing that's lacking the the most would be would just be rebounding. So you're saying more than than the switching and the wing defense and all that stuff. You're saying it's just rebounding. Uh, no, I mean that. I, I think that's the biggest thing. But you know the the switch. You know switching when it's done well is is very effective. But um, but you you still got to rebound. Like that's that's never an option not to rebound. Back in my day, you manned mm-hmm. up and you guarded your <laughs> freaking man. Yeah, we and we rebounded uphill. Both ways, that's right. you know. That's right. Mm-hmm. Snow up to my uh, up to my knees. <laughs> I heard you uh, played piano in the band. Played piano in the band? Yeah, it was, uh, the case was really heavy uphill. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Broke Joey. I broke one. Joey. I, I, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> Go to break, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's do. We need that. like a built-in segue for uh, Colson right. bomb jokes. Like, <laughs> you know, like a grab bag that we can go. Hey, uh, hey, Earth people are loving this. <laughs> yeah. You got to make a jingle for that. This. So we can just put it in. <laughs> I need a I need a soundboard with like a slide whistle or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Tornado warning well, in Chicago. Okay. <laughs> well, let's take a let's take a break. Um, Colson, this was interesting um, to me. We, you and I, were having a discussion, and um, uh, you learned that uh, somebody that you know is a uh, is a musician that you were you're not apparently aware of. <laughs> That's totally true. Uh, one of my favorite bartenders in the city. Uh, at uh, my old, uh, it was the three blocks from my uh, previous house, Sam Silver Circle. If you don't hang out there, go there now. It is the one of the best dive bars in the city. Um, Kevin, the bartender, is Joey. Who is it? It's John Stamps. I had no idea. Yeah. He's super humble. He's never mentioned that he's an awesome rapper. I had no idea. Yeah. So uh, this, this track's called uh, 1309. Um, in the there's a link in the in the description or in the in the show notes for uh, the video on YouTube. You, you'll see some other people you might know in there. Serious Blacks in the video too, uh, but people clowning around town in Indy as well. Shout out, so. shout out, Kevin slash John Stamps. <laughs> I'm gonna see you do a rap battle next time you uh, <laughs> go in there. It'd be a tickle fight. <laughs> Great. So let's check this out. Uh, link is in the uh, show notes. Uh, John Stamps, 1309. I used to head south for a half a head, north for a quarter. Always rain for half because the traffic trip was shorter. Kept my work in order, work from border back to taxing Kim. Rolling up Slimmy Slims with the white modern day Lil' Kim. Plotting on dropping half full glasses of mundane faxes to untrained classes. Plus I'm tight of taxes. Waiting on my contact shit like callback bastard. Time for me to die like John Tucker. I'ma cook it up. I hope you're hungry. Looks like it could be a long supper. I'm looking deeper. I'm selling your cook ether, crook either Following the leader, try to pin their stripes to Derek Jeter In the middle is where I meet her And never deceive her if you need her Taught her and expect some teeter 
Brian Apostles are wearing their apostle with a pair of matching flair from fossil. While I read my gospel, tossing molotovs across a busy hostel with empty nostrils and flaring nostrils. Plus, I leave imposters improper like Prego sauce. The apostle, red light lops in my posture is due to pastures of Rasta inside me. Casa su casa, like how I run in underground like Phantom of the Opera. Until I wanna come around, but baby, not to stalk ya. But just to talk to her, I need a little sanity. Getting wet, but how can it be when I built this canopy? There's no humanity, and they're telling me don't be pessimistic. While I'm at the Last Supper, blessing biscuits. Didn't spring for cheese, cause of lack of interest. Is everybody else at this table senseless? This is the new thing, style match me new things. Color of you don't affect my gang like a mood ring. He be wildin' whether he bring right in a freestyling. I'm a We are back from the break. Make sure to check out the link in the show notes and uh <laughs> check out uh John Stamps if you get a chance or, or head just head head to Sam Silver Circle. That's right. So next up we got my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. And I bring you this stat with uh, against my better judgment. But I tell you what, the beard is having an unbelievable season. Mm. He is leading in lots of categories uh, across the league. He is number one in, check this, all of these categories. Field goal attempts. Three-point field goal attempts. That's a long list. <laughs> nope. <I didn't> <laughs> Here, let me try. Let me start this out. <laughs> <laughs> He's leading in all of these categories: uh, field goal attempts, three-point field goals, three-point field goal attempts, field goals missed, free throws, free throws attempted. Uh, points, minutes per game, points per game, win shares, and value over replacement. Every single one of those. He's uh, points per game, 35.3, number one in the league. Uh, his win shares, uh, 10.1. Pretty good. And pretty much all I'm hearing about for the MVP (laughs) discussion is uh, Giannis. 100%, yeah. Um. Like he's, well, he's just taking that one away. What is uh is is James Harden also last in uh, defensive win shares, steals? <laughs> <laughs> you got some steals, turnovers. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he is. So he's actually yeah, not listed in defensive win shares, and whereas Giannis is number one. Mm. Uh, so at least offensively, he's having an amazing season. Uh, but he certainly has some uh, some holes in his game. His field goal percentage, uh, I don't think I mentioned, is number one because it is not. <laughs> <laughs> so he's putting up a lot of uh, a lot and personal fouls. Yeah, but he's, when he's you factor six. in that you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, his Ooh, effective yeah. field goal percentage mm-hmm. very high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is true. It is true. So he's doing it again, uh, but he sounds like, I mean, who knows what's going to happen between now and the end of the year, but uh, uh, it sounds like he may not may not get that MVP um, the way the discussion has been going. But uh, Is he still north of 37 season. points a game? Uh, yeah, right now he's at uh, 35.3. Okay. So he dipped down a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha. Another good season, but... Uh, Giannis is a uh, better all-around player 
in my humble opinion. Do you have a do you have a number two on your MVP list, Joe? Or is it just it's all Giannis all the time? Oh, uh, I mean, I would. I mean, I, I I don't think it'd be crazy to talk about uh, LeBron again because he's always amazing. Mm-hmm. He's leading the league in assists. You know, that's just I mean, just one particular category, but I think that's pretty impressive. Second uh, best record in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always uh always high on the. Uh, LeBron train. Uh, Luka Doncic having a fantastic season as well. Anybody else you guys would even, you know, having the conversation? Well, I mean, now that Domas finished second in the skills challenge, I think his mm-hmm. stock is rising steadily. So Sure. I think Lillard is maybe a guy you could talk about. Uh, team not but, winning games. But yeah, I mean, that's the saying. Like, I that's what makes it difficult. Yeah. I mean, the guys that were in it last year, you know, Jokic and uh, those guys, they're doing well, but not yeah. outstanding, right? And right. Kawhi Leonard is, you know, only plays three quarters of the games or something like that. So, if that. Um, I feel like he would trade in the MVP for a uh, finals MVP. Definitely. I think he's done that already. Yeah, exactly. Last year, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say that I was really rooting for Kawhi Leonard uh, helping the Raptors, the long-suffering franchise, to a title. Um, but when he decided to join up with uh, Paul George, um, he's a lot more meh on my... Yeah, I really validated the fact that I didn't like Kawhi very much. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, eh, I don't care now i'm just unimpressed it hey, play a 30 year games and be healthy for the playoffs nah whatever good for you buddy nah hope you lose your team sucks wow. so does your teammate <laughs> he sounds yeah i'm glad you're being a big adult about this <laughs> yeah, exactly. colson i heard through the grapevine that you've had uh, questions that you need answered uh, and some of these have been for a very long time. Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You <laughs> said, said, said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Yeah, I've been holding on to this one for a while. Um, because I feel like it needed all four of us. I I feel like it might be a complicated question. I could be wrong. Um, I'm surrounded by really smart guys. But uh, here's what I got. Yawning. Okay, so I think I think my understanding of yawning is that it is the diaphragm diaphragm constricting um, that there's a lack of oxygen and the body's trying to grasp gas for oxygen is that is that correct i have no idea yeah sure but yes it That's is what a, I it is assumed. A, an influx of air yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely an oxygen grab yeah 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 okay so if if that if that is you know a very basic understanding of what yawning is uh this is a larger conversation why 
evolutionarily would my yawn make someone else yawn? I think you're confusing psychology or yeah. like with, with evolution. I don't. I don't think that there's any known evolutionary instinct to yawn with someone else. Well, but 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 when you see somebody, even across Skype, if you yawn, Jason, I'm probably going to yawn. Like, why does that happen? You're saying that that's psychological and not there's not some some sort of uh, evolutionary basis for why I could make other people yawn in a in a community. It, I mean, I think it has more to do with. Mm community probably than evolution per se. I, I would say that there's probably no known evolutionary benefit to group yawning. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. It seems yeah. weird to me. Other why than, would I why would I want to make other people quite, uh, tired? <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, if it is a a social bond builder, you know, that has altruistic and community benefits for you and your offspring, right? So that may be one avenue, but I don't think that it would be a driving force, a driving uh, behavior or phenotype um, evolution. Oh, that's that's going yeah, to help you survive in any immediate way. Well, it's so, not going to help you get away from a mammoth well, faster. Well, no, so that's my question, though, right? Like, So, like, okay, look, I am apparently, my body is slowing down, right? As I get tired, my... my everything is constricting i need to grasp some air right my body is slowing down my diaphragm constricts i i grasp air i yawn i'm i i then suggest to the people around me that i'm tired is that some sort of uh that that could be a cue to the community that one person in that group is is now vulnerable to an attack of somebody else but why would you want other people to start yawning you would just want them to come, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, well, you wouldn't also, want. I mean, yeah. So, want doesn't have anything. To do. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. I understand. Want doesn't have anything to do with it. But what's the? Why is there a physical reaction to other people yawning? I guess is my question. As, assuming that we've honed in on the fact that why we yawn, which is maybe not true. I don't know. I'm bad at science. Well, I mean, I think there's two distinct questions there right i mean for sure um why a yawn induces yawning in other people yes uh is one question and then another question is is there an evolutionary benefit to that yes right is that what we're getting at yes and also is yawning actually just to grasp for air when you're tired and your body is slowing down is that okay so it's three questions why do we yawn yeah why does yawning (laughs) induce uh, other yawning induce other yawning and is there evolutionary benefit to yawning to group yawning specifically group yawning yes right yeah i mean for the purposes of yawning you can say well as your body you know the longer you're awake essentially the less efficient you get at everything correct yeah sleep is there for recharging right right Mm -hmm. so yawning has purpose in that it gets you more o2 than a regular breathing cycle okay is that an answer that makes sense why you would yawn and and 
and I, I always connected it to the diaphragm. When we look it up, I don't know if that'll be the case, but I thought it was a... Well, the diaphragm's just how you breathe. Okay, so it's a contracting like, diaphragm. If, if, you're, if, you, if, if you're talking about a spasmodic diaphragmatic action, you're, you're thinking more of sneezing. If mm. spasmodic diaphragmatic action isn't the title of this episode, <laughs> then you're going to be so I'm quitting in protest. <laughs> <laughs> Jason has spoken. That'll be the title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of a, reasons why it would induce yawning other than just it's a social cue. And yeah, we as humans like to be part of a group. And if that's the thing that's happening, I mean, like, there's several social cues that induce this similar behavior, right? I would imagine in okay, so humans, like what? right? Like, I mean, I would guess smiling would be okay. laughter, uh, a similar one. Yeah, laughter, uh, clapping. <laughs> you know, like okay. I think there's tons of things that people do, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah people are doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do this." So I think that that is just. I think that the fact that yawning falls under that that category is just a byproduct of a different. Uh, behavioral repertoire i guess so involuntary yawning is basically to be a part of the group on some level right that's my guess that's what i yeah that that would also be my guess and you know like jason said i mean there is evolutionary value in empathy and group building right sure for sure okay okay yeah 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 evolutionarily yeah but would it make sense for if the the first creature in a group who got tired to sort of warn everybody else he was tired and then so sort of as a group we would maybe call it call it a night you know as a, as a form of pre-verbal communication yeah like like you know um i mean potentially yeah i mean you could imagine if you're i would i would think that maybe it would have a um, not necessarily the leader of the group, but maybe the the weaker of the group, right? Like, if you're uh, kids, or you're whatever, young, or if, you're sick. If the babies start yawning, then you're like, all right, I got to find a place to like hunker down for a couple hours or whatever. Let these little uh, munchkins sleep, and then we'll go forage for some more food or whatever. Like that. That actually does make a little bit of that, sense, I guess. Yeah, that does make sense, and. If the leader of said group has a reaction to it that is, uh, you know, involuntary, mm, right. sometimes even if you don't notice it, perhaps then you become aware of it and that would help you make good group decision. I mean, that's right. Yeah. I, I don't know that anyone's ever proven that, but I mean, but yeah, potentially if you're, that if you're the strongest of the group and you're just kind of powering through and you're like, ah, screw it, I'm not tired. And then all of a sudden you're yawning and you're like, why am I doing that? Oh, it's because the, the kids in the back are yawning. Yeah, no, that could yeah. that could work. Although I, I don't, I mean, I don't know that caveman knew what yawning meant. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so I think the next question is: Is that behavior, is the ability to induce a yawn, human specific, or is it uh, across species? I like, do like we find this behavior in yawn. other other mammals? Right. I feel like I feel like monkeys yawn. No, I know that other animals yawn, but do they, if a dog sees another dog yawn, is Mm, there a high probability that they are going to yawn? Right. Right. 
Yeah. When your dog yawns, does it make yawn you yawn? I, yeah, I don't even think that happens. <laughs> or when you yawn, does your dog yawn? That's that's uh, maybe. maybe. Uh, my not, dog's lazy. He yawns. All I was gonna the time. say my dog's so, lazy. Like, I, hell yeah. <laughs> there's no. Uh, <laughs> it's all statistical no noise. Like you can't yeah. pull out patterns. <laughs> like oh, it must be morning, noon, or night. Yeah, He's yawning. Exactly. <laughs> We better stop for a rest. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we have a, a theory, I guess. We have a thesis. Yeah. yeah. Time to Google? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I was talking about this killing So, there's a recent paper in Current Biology titled A Neural Basis for Contagious Yawning. Hmm. So they've uh, uh, located a circuit. Uh, the phenomenon is called echo phenomena. Uh, and it is not just a human trait. Uh, so this abstract claims that um, contagious yawning affects 60% of healthy humans uh, and at a lesser rate in great apes and other primates. Uh, the, what I'm saying here is that chimpanzees and dogs do uh, exhibit contagious yawning. So, so okay, sorry. Contagious yawning is a type of echo phenomena, of which there are many, as we suspected. Um, imitation of another's words, which is echolalia, or actions, echopraxia. So... This abstract suggests susceptibility to contagion is correlated with the speed in recognizing one's own face, theory of mind processing. It is also associated with activation in regions of the brain that have been associated with cognitive processes. I'm not reading this whole paper, <laughs> but that seems, that seems like a lot. There's, some, there's been some studies on social scratching in mice. Uh, they'll show a, a mouse uh, one video of uh, the mouse scratching itself on scratching itself and then the mice that are watching that video uh, usually start scratching themselves too mm. they're recognizing a useful behavior without thinking they decide this must be useful so I better do it so it seems like there's no consensus on why we yawn yeah that's what I'm getting all. to uh Uh, one is one is to, you know, a special kind of respiration or whatever. Another is to cool the brain <laughs> or to stretch internal organs like tissues and lungs, helping the body to liven up. Yeah, I don't know. That There's definitely some suggestion that a, a, a change in breathing patterns due to boredom and such um, causes people to yawn. I've seen that. I, I mean... Yeah. Like I said, there doesn't seem to be any really great consensus about um, either why we do it or even really what it achieves. <laughs> so, like, so basically, we've cracked something that needs to be studied. Jason, uh, get on that. Yeah, You're just telling him to do it. I mean, he's he's in a lab and stuff. He's smart. He's I mean, a scientist. I, I don't want to speak for Jason, but I feel like he's already kind of busy. Ah, uh, but you know, he can totally swing his lab to do something different. I'm sure. Get those glowing mice to start yawning. 
I mean, there are publications looking at uh, yawning from an evolutionary perspective. So certainly this is a an idea that people have, that it's... Uh, Let's see. Comparative analyses suggest that yawning has two major features. Communication, one, uh, whereby the behavior of other individuals is affected, and two, direct physiological benefit, whereby the organism is receiving some direct benefit, obviously. Yeah. It, it apparently does stimulate your body, so your heart rate goes up. So it's it's yeah it's 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 caffeine. Uh, Millen and for, Anderson did a study uh, with infants, and apparently infants uh, yawn normally after awaking in the morning and the afternoon in naps, um, but they showed no signs of contagious yawning. Um, the study decided that babies are psychopaths. Contagious <laughs> yawning can be induced induced in children only after four years of age. Mm-hmm. As below this age group, the neural mechanisms required to understand the mental state of others is still under development. Interesting. Yeah, psychopaths. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So it is related to empathy, then, on some level. It's not just something that is instinctual to save you from uh, being tired in the, in the plane and some animal's going to come eat you. It is some, something, some sort of communal thing. So according to um, some studies, okay, so con- contagious yawning has been observed in chimps, dogs, cats, birds, and reptiles, and mm. can occur between members of different species, including um, from uh, humans to dogs. I mean, it's they cite a paper in, from 2008, but we'll take their word for it at this point. So it seems like yawning does a bunch of little things. Yeah. Apparently, apparently you can yawn in utero. Hmm. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. What the hell is that good for? (laughs) 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 Yeah. You're not getting air out of that. Or probably effectively cooling your brain, or, or just, just or, giving that old letting, heart a good workout. Yeah, or letting anybody else know that you're tired. Maybe you're, maybe you're just bored. Yeah, could be a lot of that in there. Yeah, doing the same thing every day. They don't have iPads in there at all. Mm. We need to start getting that. Mm. A little screen time like if, in Europe. Maybe if mom, maybe if mom's boring, you know. Mm. <laughs> so. So I had a the reason I asked this question is I didn't know enough about yawning and what I've learned is that nobody knows enough about yawning. I assumed it was contracting diaphragms and it's not even that. I know enough about yawning. <laughs> I think we know the right amount. But there's hella people studying it, I think. Okay, well somebody needs to I think there is an appropriate number of people. <laughs> yeah. Somebody down. call me. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could like funnel a Melbourne. few of those to climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, we gotta solve this. Nope. Somebody get the answer on this. Post haste. Let me know. Yeah. Joey, uh, you're yawning on the Skype is just it's just killing me, buddy. And in fact, uh, actually, one of the studies I was reading was saying that uh, even discussion of yawning can cause yawning. 
Yeah, so that's what. So while we were, you know, the whole time we we're talking about this, I started yawning. Yep. And then I'm like looking up, you know, articles, and everyone has a picture of someone yawning. Yeah. <laughs> You're yawning even more. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to fit in. The thought you know? of yawning induces yawning, according to mm-hmm. one of these sites. It's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this I is one will. of those where I I feel dumber now that we've asked the question. You've expanded your mind. Have I though? No, I don't think so. Maybe. You're so you've positive, opened your, Joe. You've opened your mind to what the possibilities may be. I've opened my mouth to a yawn. <laughs> you know, and actually thinking about this, all the people that listen to this under Googleables are now yawning, probably. Mm. Yeah. That's right. You know, if you're listening to the show to help uh, help you go to sleep, then this is probably a really <laughs> nailed it, a good one. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. I, I did have a few f- few friends have told me that before that they don't listen to you know that don't watch basketball. They would listen to the show and uh, they would use it to go to sleep. Yeah, you're it's soothing. your it's your soothing voice. Tones. Too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh... wake up, bad words. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Siamese fighting fish can yawn. Ooh. Weird. I dig it. Penguins? This is wild. You opened a whole new world to us, Colson. That I, and I can tell you for sure that uh, dogs have made me yawn before. And cats made me yawn. Mm. The cats are always yawning. My cats are. They sleep like 20 hours a day, so. <clears throat> they wake up to yawn, they look at me, and then they go back to sleep. Okay. Do you think that uh, players on the Wizards, uh, or when he was on our team, uh, yawn a lot more because Yawn Mahinmi is on their team? <laughs> Every time they say his name, I love bad puns. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, I think we've uh, learned what we're going to learn today. We're probably going to keep hitting the books here, but uh, mm-hmm. we would like to thank you for hanging out with us uh, for this uh, this show. Uh, we'll be back at you coming up on Monday. Uh, we'll be recapping the, uh, the Pacers games from from the uh, the past week. But uh, until then, you can hit us up on the social medias. Uh, we're on Twitter at Undebeatables. Um, uh, Colson, you, are you clear on what Twitter is, or they all just sort of I, just hyper converged? Right. I just discovered uh, the website New Scientist. Is that a legitimate thing? Probably not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Wait, did you say n- new or nude? <laughs> <laughs> There's both. Both exist. Okay, sure. Um, it says that they did a study on lemurs who also yawn, and that they discovered that um, uh, there was a release of cortisol in yawning, which is supposed to make you more alert. And so that the, the theory is is that if one yawns. Um, and then the response to the yawning from somebody else in the, the lemur group would make everybody more alert late in the evening for predators. 
I don't know. I've also I've also just learned that I'm highly susceptible to contagious yawning. <laughs> Brought it back up, and I started yawning again. <laughs> yep. But you're more aware. You're ready to just just kill this thing. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I guess yeah. If there was a lemma right here, I would I'd be able to kill it right here. <laughs> We're on uh, we're on Facebook too, uh, uh, facebook.com slash theunbeatables. Our website theunbeatables.com is a contact form there. You can send us a message. You can send us an email. Shout out at theunbeatables.com and whatever <laughs> Harper's going to uh, wherever <laughs> uh, wherever you're listening to this. If you can rate and review it, uh, it helps new listeners find our show. For a once and always yawning lemur coach, Bobby Smith Leonard. <laughs> Turn out the lights. <sighs> Party's over. <laughs> crazy. I have no defense against this. We so found his weakness. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh oh. We're just going to send this back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got to apologize to the listener. Pull over if you're feeling sleepy. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> we should put a, a warning. Oh yeah, do not listen. To it's not explicit, but it's like exactly. <laughs> it's just like a danger show. You got to sign a waiver. It <laughs> <sighs> oh, was a good one. It was worth waiting yeah. a year for. <laughs> I just—it's been blowing my mind. Why do we freaking yawn? I don't know, and apparently no one knows. It's great. We have some theories, though, apparently. No defined science on yawning, and we're... we're what, what year is this? It's 2020. Come on. Jason knows why people see. Wait, is he studying the why or the how? I think both, probably. <laughs> I think we're I, I read that science. Cell, I read that Cell magazine and didn't understand yeah. it. You know, that's the, that's the problem with science. They always want to know the how, but they never ask the why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's how we end up with Jurassic Park. You know? That's, that's right. correct. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently, it's also a problem in Hollywood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why should we make this? <laughs> it's a very human problem. That's right. <laughs>